You're listening to Ink Studs, and my guest this week is Leif Goldberg. Uh, Leif's new book from 2D Cloud is Lost in the Fun Zone. Uh, I guess it's a collection of um, strips on the go. I should Is that a good way of putting it? <laughs> yeah, uh, strips on the go. You know, it really started out like that. Uh, it started as a project that was not really intended to be anything really and except uh, a book that I carried with me when I was traveling Mm -hmm. and I would draw in it and then it became kind of more sequential and there's there's actually kind of a couple different time zones that this book was created in because I started this book a while ago and like 2008 and yeah. And, and I drew, you know, so I had this sketchbook and I was just carrying it around with me and drawing in it. And then, um, you know, some big life changes and stuff. And I just kind of put it in a box and, um, I found it many years later. <laughs> it, and that was about a third of the book at that point. And I, I found it in the box and took a look at it. And I said, hey, eh, this is kind of funny, actually. So I went back to it and, and finished it with more intention. And uh, while I still carried the sketchbooks around with me, I would also start drawing at home, too. Um, now I should also make mention of some other work that you have done um, before we really jump into everything is also uh, you're kind of known for your yearly uh, silkscreen calendars extremely complex uh, printing to them um, I, I've had the chance to peruse a couple and it's, they always blow me away uh, just oh. how much detail and, and work goes into it as well as um, being a resident for Thunder, you, I was looking through my stuff in Free Radicals. You were the one that put that book together? Yeah, yeah, I put that book together. It was released in 2005. Yeah. And uh, you're also heavily involved in um, Paper Rodeo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Free Radicals kind of was a, uh, was spawned off from Paper Rodeo. And yeah, Paper Rodeo, yeah, we worked on at Fort Thunder, and then it continued until 2005, I believe. As well, you do some film work and animation um, of your own kind of devices. That's a good mm-hmm. way of putting it. Right, I, yeah, I, I kind of started, you know, with animation, and, and and drawing in comics, of course, you know, way back. But animation is what I went to school for. So, um, yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to like kind of start with that because I was really interested. Uh, I think the oldest animation you had up on your Vimeo is the one of the airplane. Um, oh yeah. With all the great synth sounds as special effects on it. Uh-huh. Track. Um, I really love that. And so, was that something you made while in art school? Yeah, yeah that that was a that was a school project. I think it was my junior year animation. Um, very simple drawn animation mm-hmm. on copy paper, kind of thing. Yeah. What kind of what was your interest in animation? at that point like what were some of the stuff you're looking at like I get to feel like maybe some of the NFB stuff from Canada maybe oh yeah in fact <laughs> that's funny in fact that year when I started that uh, film or when I was working on it I actually um, spent, a, spent a month up at the NFB oh, wow. during school yeah I contacted the NFB um to see if I could do an internship there. And I went up there, to Montreal, that is. And this, this was interesting because it was the, 
last year that the NFB actually had their big facility up there and their budget was being cut, you know, parsed <laughs> that very year. Oof. It was being parsed to like almost nothing. And the next year they had to, they had to abandon that building. They had to cut, you know, so much of the documentary, so much of the animation department, but I got to spend a month up there. Um, and it was incredible. They had an English animation and a French animation department. And, um, I, I worked in the English animation department for the month, uh, just kind of helping a few people out with their projects and stuff. But it was incredible, you know, like they, they, they had, I don't know how many, I, I'd say maybe 10 or 12 English animators and 10 or 12 French animators, and they each had their own studio, and they were each working with a different technique, and it was, it was mind-blowing. You know, working on film, of course, too. Do you remember any of the folks you got to meet up there? Sure. Um, yeah, I worked with um, a, mostly uh, this woman, Roz Schwartz, who's probably not super well-known. Uh, she also made some children's books and stuff, but she kind of took me under her wing a little bit. And uh, But um, I guess Janet Perlman, if you know her, she, I mean, she's pretty. She was pretty well known for her animations, and Ishu Patel, the Indian animator. Okay, yeah. He, he so. was there. He, he he made a film called The Bead Game. Uh, you know, animating with beads. Um, there there were some puppet animators there. Um, yeah, and actually, uh, in the French department there was somebody working with a pin screen, which I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's, it's uh, basically like painting with light uh, by, by pushing these pins in and out on this screen of, of pins, which is, it basically turns into pixels and yeah. you can make these black and white gradients. And they're just an amazing tool. And just to be able to be in the room with this thing was, was extraordinary. That's kind of amazing, super amazing that you got that opportunity at such yeah. a time. Like for folks that don't know much about the National Film Board in Canada, it's really a lot of fascinating avant-garde stuff uh, came out of that. Um, and st there still is some interesting stuff. Um, I know Marv Newland, he was showing me some of the stuff where he's doing where he's just doing um, this whole postcard series where he just send, do these drawings yep. and postcards and just send it to himself and eventually turn that into an animation. Um, yep, yep, I've seen that, yep. Weird yep. stuff. Yeah, of course, you know, McLaren, um, you know, founded the animation department there and is a legacy, and I, I looked a lot at his work. A lot of European animators I looked at quite a lot, actually, you know, as much as I could. A lot of experimental film. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you were, that was like early in university for you? Yeah, that was pretty much the whole time in university. I was, I was, I was just, you know, just watching animations as much as possible. I mean, that, that's, you know, that's what the university had to offer was, you know, the resources of being able to see original animations on film yeah. and, um, you know, I, yeah, I became involved in bringing films into the school and, and projecting them and stuff was for this, the school. Was this at so. uh, Rhode Island School of Design? Or is it yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Rhode Island School of Design. RISD? Is the... Yeah, RISD. Mm -hmm. Now, how did comics kind of work in for you at that point? Uh-huh. Um... Well, like I said earlier, I started uh, my interest in, I guess, comics, cartoons, whatever you want to call it, and animation. I started, I started looking at that stuff as a kid. I, I was just, you know, I was in the public library. Uh, it just, you know, uh, I just became interested in it for some reason, probably like a lot of kids, I guess, but I, I really became interested in 
both the process of animation, but at the same time, I was also um, drawing um, comics, cartoons. Um, I, you know, I had my strips as a kid, and then I also, I really got into like the single panel gag, and <laughs> I, you know, I stayed with that, you know right through high school and stuff. And, you know, actually I made like a little book in high school and, um, yeah, so I was, you know, I was drawing daily kind of like funny single panel stuff from like, you know, age 10 or something or less or younger. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) did you, and then, and then, and then in college, I I stopped. I mean, I stopped drawing cartoons because, you know, I was focusing on the animation and I was, you know, and it was also it was art school and of course, you know, cartoons. I didn't really see the connection, so I was I was I was interested in art too, fine art. So, you know, I was I, I kind of dropped the drawing cartoons at that time. <laughs> for a few years. Yeah. Is there kind of a difference for you um because like there the work that goes into the doing the co- the cartoons themselves, the animation is very different from the from the comics work with a lot more work especially when you're doing hand drawn. Um and just that kind of like that sense of immediacy is that kind of taken away with all the work that goes into doing animation? Absolutely. I mean, any comic artist will tell you there's a lot of work in the comics, too. You know, even if you're doing pretty pretty quick-seeming drawings, there's still a lot of work in it. Um, and then, then there's just a ton of work in doing animation. It's a different kind of work. Yeah. I think it's a the different thing, kind of work. Yeah. The thing I think about with animation is, like, there's so much of like understanding the mechanics of it, like the, uh-huh. the motion and kind of like how you have to like keep this trajectory going if you want to maintain this that fluidity with animation, which always kind of like overwhelms me. Right, right, yeah, and yeah, I feel like it's a lifelong process for me. I have a lot to, of work to do on that kind of stuff. Um, I'm, you know, I'm so full of ideas and that's not always a good thing. And, you know, it can kind of slow you down on something like animation (laughs) where, where a lot of, a lot of it is just kind of describing one idea and doing it really well, which I can get into and I can appreciate it. Um, it is two modes of working. They are different modes of working. One thing I was thinking about kind of jumping on that is um, looking at your cell screen work is you're, you, need, you have a lot of ideas just within one image. And so I'm wondering uh-huh. like that, that, that challenge, that difficulty of, like how, of the images that you're trying to get out there of, um, you know, that that balance or that limitation the animation kind of puts in there where with your silstring stuff you have many colors many details lots of like things happening within those um and you have so such like a prolific output with it um and kind of how that works is like just being able to like produce these things i don't even know if i had a good question in there Mm, well, yeah, I'm trying to decipher what the question is, actually. Yeah, maybe, well, maybe well I'm just thinking it. about, like, um, because you say, you know, like, you're, you're constantly producing and um, kind of how that goes into, say, a big, say, silkscreen print, um, a big drawing, and how you're kind of, like, compressing a lot of ideas within that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a challenge. It's a challenge for me particularly because because keeping it simple, keeping it clear, 
um, it's something I kind of have to like keep slapping myself as I'm working, you know, uh, because it's really easy for me just to go into, uh, I don't know, maybe it's just like the different, like right brain mode or something, you know, I mean, it's just like, I feel like it's the two, two sides of my brain, just like constantly battling it out. And yeah, and it's difficult because I really like part, a lot of the process is just, you know, putting ink on the page. Right. And just kind of like seeing what happens and you don't want to let that go. So of course, then, then all kinds of stuff comes out and then, but you need to balance it to kind of make something that's concise and readable to people on some level. I mean, you know, so that's the struggle that I have. Um, now kind of, I don't know, did you finish art school? Did you kind of like just find what you wanted to do and move on? I'm interested, like, what kind of, I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I did, I did finish at, you know, the last, at the end, well, you know, we had, we had kind of a final film to produce and so I saw that through. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. With with what you're creating um, when you were finished with school, how did that change from what you were going into school with kind of your idea of what you were wanting to do creatively? Um, Was was there kind of seismic shifts through what you were exposed at that time? (laughs) Yeah, kind of. Um, Yeah, because, you know, I, uh, I came from kind of a rural area where now I've moved back to for better or worse, but, um, yeah, I wasn't really exposed to a ton of stuff before I went to, uh, school in Providence, you know, and, you know, it's the people that I met there, you know, that first day and that first week that are some of the, you know, still some of the most amazing people in my life, even though I don't see them or talk to them that much, but, that that alone was a big shift, um, and yeah, so many shifts. Um, mostly, mostly uh, the people I went to school with, mm-hmm. and you know the music we saw, and you know, and stuff like that. That was kind of like the first big shift, um, and and seeing a lot of experimental work that I just had never been exposed to. It it it, it opened me up. Yeah. Were you going to school when you moved to Fort Thunder, or was that after school? Yeah, so I um, I finished school, and then, well, I didn't know what I was going to do right off, and <laughs> like like a lot of people, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I, I I yeah, I wasn't really, you know. I wasn't really bent on doing the industrial thing. And there was this, there was this kind of class divide in school, in animation. There was, you know, there was kind of the industry direction and then there was the art direction. Mm-hmm. And it was literally while I was there, uh, the animation department split. It split between the film department and the illustration department. And you could kind of approach it from either way. But there was this, kind of, I'd probably say, schism between the, the two uh, halves of that department. Uh, so, you know, I was, I was in the school or in the school of thought that, that no, I didn't want to just do an industry job, but that didn't really leave me with much else uh, besides, you know, uh, you know, teaching or something, which I got into later. But <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Um, Oh, back to your question. So Fort Thunder, I I moved back to Providence um, after school. Like, I moved home for a month, basically. And then I decided to move back to Providence. I, I, had, a, I had a girlfriend there who's now my wife. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and I decided to move back to town because Providence was a great place to be. And, uh, there was, there was a room at the fort. 
so that's when I moved in after school, which was 97. Okay. Had it been yeah. going for a couple of years by that point? I can't remember the timeline. Um, yeah, maybe a year and a half or something. I think they, I think they started in 95 or something like that, 96 maybe. How many other folks were living in there when you moved in? Um, well, roughly 10. Wow. Or nine. <laughs> uh, I mean, it fluctuated, yeah. whatever that number was. It was always about 10, I think. Now, kind of living there, uh, being around all these folks constantly making work, um, and you've mentioned before, you kind of cited that as the point where you kind of got more into silt screening and kind of learning silt screening. Uh, and I'm wondering about how, like, you immerse yourself into this, like, space with all these other dudes being creative and kind of that how affects you as, like, a young guy uh -huh. and, and kind of pushes you creatively. It's like a second art school in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never went to graduate school, but, you know, if I could put Fort Thunder on my resume, that'd be pretty cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> um but it's not accepted <laughs> or accredited <laughs> or whatever. They lost um, the accreditation at a wrestling match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it, I mean, I, it took, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know my roommate super well at first. Um, so it was interesting. And I actually, you know, I was, yeah, you know, I was doing my thing, um, and yeah, everybody. I had I, yeah, I hadn't really silk screened anything. I wasn't doing comics. I think I was, I think I was making paintings when I had time, like when I first moved in there, and that was kind of um, against the grain of what was going on in there because nobody was really making paintings mm. per se. Um, you know, it was really about the music uh, performances that uh, were put on in the space and um, making, yeah, music and silk screening. I think um, there were a few printmakers there. You've talked to a couple of them, I think. Mm -hmm. And they were making basically show flyers, mostly for the shows going on in the space and also to earn some extra cash, they'd be making them for other venues. And, um, so there was, there was this kind of like, uh, focus on this process, which I, you know, I took one printmaking class in college. I really enjoyed it. I tried all kinds of different stuff, but, um, but you know, I was really focused on the film stuff. So, you know, moving into the fort, it kind of blew my mind open in this new way. And I kind of, you know, reconnected um, back to drawing there, which, you know, is kind of where I started. So, and then, and then being able to, the reason silk screening was, became, um, it kind of opened up new doors was because, well, first of all, they had things set up really well there. So, you know, a lot to the credit of people like Brian Chippendale and Brian Ralph and Matt Brinkman. They had, they had really set up a great space for it to happen. And um, you can really be very self-sufficient and make a pretty interesting, complex um, image, you know, on your own. Um, with, with a pretty simple setup. So it really opened doors creatively for me um, to be there. And um, it, it wasn't too long before I kind of felt more at home there. And I think, I think people started to accept me a little bit more. <laughs> I mean, you know, I lived there for four years and, you know, I mean, they're, they're the best friends I have in the world, you know? So, um, yeah. It's, it's the things that last. Yeah. Um, so this time, that's where you kind of got m more into doing, or you got into doing zines um, 
and minis and stuff. Like mini comics, yeah. I guess. Yeah. There, there's something you, you said about how you're painting and then you got into drawing, and I, and I wonder if you can kind of like expand on that difference between the two. Um, well, you know, as I, <laughs> as, you know, as 25 years or 20 years or whatever has passed, I guess not 25, but 20 years has passed since then, um, you know, I can connect the two so much more now. And it's, painting is actually something I'm kind of interested in exploring a little bit more again, but, um, yeah, yeah, I'd like to reconnect them more. Um, at the time, I was trying to make a connection between painting and observing from life and, and, and film. I was doing these, like, time-lapse studies and, and doing these oil paintings at the same time, and they would be, like, you know, over the course of one day. And I was, I was trying to make a painting and a time-lapse of the same you know, of what I was looking at, what I was observing. So, like, as the painting but, changed? Yeah, but this was on film. This yeah. is in 90, 90, whatever, 97, 96, 97. Yeah, so, um, yeah, very short, short pieces. You know, I I do a whole a whole bunch on a roll of film and, and wind up with a, a series of paintings. It was just like a project. Um, it, you know, it was, it was like one of those things where I guess I was, yeah, I just got this idea and I was like, you know, what, what would happen if, you know, you use these two different mediums and try to record the same thing basically. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I was doing at that time when I moved into the fort and I did do, you know, I did do some film stuff in the fort too, but it became, you know, they were, uh, became short, experimental, super experimental, and not really, not really, I, I wouldn't say, you know, I wouldn't say, like, uh, not full-fledged animations, per se, not really, like, storyboarded out or anything. Yeah. Um, there was, like, an idea, and then it was about making that idea happen <laughs> on, on a roll of film or half a roll of film or something. But That's, that's really neat. Yeah. Now, at the time, um, we were just saying a couple minutes ago, you were getting more into doing mini comics and stuff. Uh, oh yeah. And how does that? How does how does the work that you're doing at that point connect uh, to uh, what you have out now uh, with the, with the new book? Um, were the were those two fellows uh, making their appearance back then? Demetrius. Not quite. Uh, yeah, right. Giorgio and Demetrius. The, um, not quite that early um they emerged in a comic that i started mm, i guess around 2002 2001 2002 i started kind of a, a, a mini comic um with multiple very short stories in it called national waste and uh yeah those two characters appeared there then and yeah, they've been they've been around since then. <laughs> Let's just say that <laughs> for me, for me. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> they've been hanging out with me since then. <laughs> and so, National Waste. Uh, I think you've got like eight minis you've done with that title. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yep. When did you start doing that as your kind of ongoing concern? So that was around two thousand two. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, then, yeah. Mid mid paper rodeo times. And with paper rodeo, uh, what was your role within that? Was it all um, collective, or because like in the intro, well, Chippendale kind of talks about how you're putting them together after the the Whitney. So. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I guess co-editors, so to speak. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, I basically worked on uh, almost every aspect of it, you know, since the first issue with Matt Brinkman. I mean, he's like, he's a guy. But, um, yeah, no, he, he, wanted, he wanted to start something. 
and we started something. Um, you know, Chippendale would help out some, but as far as you know, you know, getting it together, laying it out. Um, yeah, it was me and Matt. Um, every t- you know, all the issues. So, did you guys kind of like have an eye? Like, I mean, it's very. It's really interesting. For a lot of people, it's kind of a touchstone. Is like seeing all this weird, uh, particular stuff. Uh, a lot of really new work. Um, did you think that it would be getting out there as wide as it did? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't. I don't even know how. I mean, I guess I kind of know some. <laughs> you know, like in some circles, it. You know, I don't really know how how many people really know about it or have just heard about it, you know? Um, I mean, we did try to distribute it. I mean, part of it was getting advertising from around the, around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not, I mean, most of it was local. Most, most of it was local advertising, but we, you know, that's where we touch bases with uh, stores like Quimby's out in Chicago. And I mean, I think, yeah, you know, uh, stores up in Boston and out to LA. So, you know, when, when an advertiser took out an ad, we would just, we would send them a bundle too, you know, so they, they would get the paper out there and it was free of course. So whatever happened to it, I mean, you know, we did lots of experimenting of where we left it and where we put it and that was fun. But, um, as far as the actual reach, I mean, it was it was really hard to know who it was reaching. You know, <laughs> I mean, we left some at a at a bagel shop we liked in East Providence, and I think they just threw them all away. You know, oh. so, but that's how you know that's how it was, and yeah, and uh, you 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 just it's a free paper, yeah. So you uh, you try to get it out there the best you can, and it was really that part. Cool. And it was very, very cheap to print. Um. Well, it was all paid for by the ads. Yeah. So, I don't know what very cheap means. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we we did we did runs of, I think I think most of them were three thousand. Um, some of the some of the runs initially were five thousand, and we found that we just couldn't manage to distribute quite all of those. Um. And it was a little bit more expensive, so we we scaled down to three thousand, I think, and we stuck with that. Now, during this time, is this when you started doing like the bigger uh, silk screen pieces, uh, or where did that kind of come through? Um, like posters, posters, or like, prints? I, I was, yeah, prints. Like I was looking in the the Bright Lion site, and he has all these different uh, silk screen prints by you that he posted. Oh yeah. Sure. Well, yeah, so so people were making show posters primarily, mm-hmm. and that's what was happening at the fort primarily. Um, however, we were all artists too. Um, <laughs> so, I, I mean, not, you know, not that... Anyway... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, so the lines are blurred yeah. to begin with, right? And then, yeah, I mean, I started making more like art prints at the fort. I mean, I did make a few kind of show posters, which were pretty much arty posters anyway. But, yeah, I started, I, I made a series of, in, you know, intentionally just art prints yeah. at the fort. And, I, you know, I started there. And, you know, it's not, I don't even do so many art prints. I, I can't say I've really made art prints okay. that much. I mean, recently. Yeah. In the last maybe 10 years even, not so much, you know. It's more like, you know, I'll print, I'll print my calendar, and if somebody asks me to make a poster, which happens once in a while, then I'll do that. Um, but... Um, yeah, but there was a period, you know, from the fort 
and then, you know, onward where, yeah, I mean, it's pretty fun to, to, uh, to make a, an art print. So. One thing I was thinking about looking through all your stuff is there is a lot of fun in your work. Um, just visually uh-huh. it's fun. There's like a certain joy I get out of it. I don't know if that's just me and maybe my weird interpretations of things. Uh, but I, I love f- it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, and in, and that's that's kind of neat, especially the context of like your contemporaries being quite a lot darker. I mean, especially Brinkman, um, mm-hmm. Brian Ralph stuff can be really dark. Same with Chip. Um, and so, kind of you doing this like kind of fun life weird sense of humor within there i'm presuming a lot of in jokes um or just kind of things that pop up in your head Um, Mm -hmm. and i kind of wonder about that like kind of fun spontaneity you have creatively within the work you're doing oh boy um yeah (laughs) well I, i it's not really something i can um you know it's not not something I can really uh, break down too much. Yeah. For some reason, I guess. I guess. I guess there, I just kind of have to let things be. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I've been in. You know, I. I probably goes back to my interest in, or just my um, in. Yeah, interest, enjoyment, and making like gag cartoons as a kid. You know. <laughs> I mean, pretty much it's like, it's visual, it's humor, it's, um, sometimes it's dark, sometimes it's light, um, sometimes it seems light, but I'm thinking about dark things, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I I wouldn't say it's, I wouldn't say it's all light, um, (laughs) it's, uh, you know, you know, I'm, like, like everybody, I'm processing the world, so... Um, but yeah, beyond that, I can't really, you know, can't really break that down much more, I don't think. Well, and and maybe that, that part doesn't really need breaking down. Um, Uh like, I kind of liken the idea that like, it's kind of a natural reflex, um, for you. Yeah. Like, that's just like a, a stylistic thing that, that comes through. Um, I think about it the same way as like, when I look at Mark Bell's stuff, where it's just like kind of like what's popping through your brain just kind of pops out there. Yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, Robin, I feel like that's important. I feel like I guess I put importance on that stuff that just pops out because it's there for a reason. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I spend a lot of time um trying to organize those thoughts and then represent them. And, um, sometimes I don't. And sometimes I feel like when you, when you, when you kind of let things come, come, come out, um, well, of course it feels honest. Um, but it, it, maybe it gets at some truth, uh, and maybe, uh, maybe it articulates an idea actually better than, than if you, uh, go back and try to um, recontextualize it or reformat it to make it more readable or whatever. Yeah. And, and that's probably, I mean, that's probably, that's probably most of the intention behind this, this new book, Lost yeah. in the Fun Zone, is, is, is kind of letting it go. I mean, it's, it's intended to be a casual comic, you know? It's, it's, that's the intention, so. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you, you said earlier about how, um, you know, it takes place, or it, it's work that came out over time, um, not necessarily as a, like, a, a, here's a book I need to do, but kind of like, here's a book that was with me. And, right. And, and so it's like, in a way, it's, it's like a journal that's not a journal. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and, yeah, that's, that's, kind of how I feel about it. It's, um, it. It includes writing that doesn't 
have anything to do with anything. Yeah. And, um, but it kind of, you know, it kind of has two parts with the split page thing. Um, you know, it, it has kind of the inner thoughts and then, um, I guess the more presented outer thoughts, the comic part of it, and they're presented together. Um, because, because of the intention of it being what it is, um, uh, yeah, casual reflection that has that does have a narrative element. Now, how would this compare um, or contrast uh, with what you do with National Waste? Yeah, it's a little different. Um, although there are similarities, of course. Um, Aesthetic because or again, humorous, or just like it's obviously from the same brain, but different parts of the same brain. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, national waste was was, you know, especially looking back at it after not having done one for a couple of years. Um, it's it's kind of a chance to. Um, tell a few different stories in a few different ways in, you know, in one issue. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a chance to, um, you know, kind of use, use different approaches for the different stories too. So in that way, it's different than, you know, this one book, which is basically one kind of one approach through the whole thing. And, um, yeah, I feel like National Waste was more like um, what you would do with a mini-comic, but maybe like five different examples <laughs> within <laughs> under one cover. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of more interested in trying different things, obviously. It's something I can't escape, you know. I mean, we've talked about animation, we've talked about drawing, painting, and filmmaking and stuff. And these are all things I, I always want to do. So I'm trying to uh, find a way to continue to, 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 to try things um, and also to, you know, tell stories in, in a way where, where, I, where I can, um, you know, where I can follow my intuition and try things. So I do like the idea of mini comics, and I think I might try to return to that a little bit more. You have a new one um, that you sent me a PDF of Fluoride Panther. Um, yeah, and it's neat how that is very different from what you're doing with the with the Lost in the uh, in the Fun Zone. Um, is that kind of like a revisiting? Has it been a while since you've done stuff like that? Um, so that's, yeah, that's kind of an example of, of kind of where I want to go. I mean, not particularly, particularly to that style per se, um, but to, you know, to, um, to, to kind of a small format book where I can try something and, you know, and make it complete, um, which is really exciting to me, you know? Um, and you know, who knows what will come of it too, but I feel like, I feel like that is, it's just such a great format. (laughs) It's just so great to, to be able to have like, I mean, this is a short one, but you know, to have a short book to, um, try to tell, tell a story in a way in a, in a new style. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Tell me about the difference of going from living in Fort Thunder, um, surrounded by stuff, presumably a lot of chaos, and now you're rurally located in northern Vermont, probably closer to Canada than anything else. Um, yeah. How, how that kind of isolation um, kind of works creatively and kind of what comes out from that with yourself and how that kind of changes what you're making. Ooh, yeah. Um, Sorry, that was a lot. 
Yeah, no, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a big question, and it's something, something I'm trying to figure out um, still. Of course, of course, I moved out of Fort Thunder in 2001 when, when we all had to move out. So I lived in Providence until 2009 and moved up here. So I've been up here in the rurals for the <laughs> last nine years almost. Um, and it is different. It's, uh, but, you know, everything is different because, you know, I have two little kids and, you know, everything's just different. So it's kind of hard to say. Um, I, yeah, I miss Providence a lot. Uh, I miss, I mean, I think, I think, you know, we needed to change. We needed, we needed to try some things um, to, change, to change things up. So I, 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 love, I love it here where I live. Um, it's, it does feel isolating <laughs> because, you know, I don't hang out with other artists, that really. Or, you know, we have, we have some friends and, that we hang out with, but it's just very different, you know. Um, we do have, you know, we do have connections and family back in Providence. So we get down there and hang out with people. But yeah, I miss it. Is it the? I think about this idea of like, is it is it the time or is it the place? Yeah. Well, it's always a question. Or is that just a little too existential? It's not too existential, but I don't know if you'll get a clear answer. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something I think a lot uh, with myself. Um, in the context of things, it's like, where am I at now? I kind of miss this, but then I realize I can't go back to that. That thing doesn't exist anymore. Um, I mean, I live in a suburb, so it's not the same, but it is like there's definitely, like, you know, we moved out here, and we don't have that same, you know, city experience where we go out and run into everyone. It's like we take our car to get to places and go to Costco. That kind yeah. Of but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, way different. Um, but there's yeah, but there's something to be said, you know, for um, for having. I mean, I cherish the the space, you know, and I cherish I cherish this time too. Um, yeah, it's 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 special. And, and right, we'll never go back. You know, I mean, it's. I mean, not not that we'll not that I'll never go back to Providence. Who knows? I mean, I don't know where the future, what the future holds. But <laughs> um, yeah, but you can't go back in time. I mean, you know, and I mean, I would love to. I'd love to reconnect with people, but I'd also love to find new things to work on and new connections to make. And I think that will happen, but I think it does take some letting go. So, again, you know, I am, I do hold on to the things. Um, first of all, the, the things that I enjoy doing, uh, like drawing and even printing and painting and stuff. So I continue to do that, and, but I also wonder if that's not holding me back from, um, you know, doing something else, doing something new. I mean maybe yeah who knows i mean that's just the, that's just the thing there's so many possibilities and the time is the time is the time so <laughs> you don't have the time to do it all i was thinking about how kind of environs affect things or kind of and maybe just time as well like i was i took a listen in to some of your is it smilax the the music you put up Oh yeah! Um, oh, you found that? Yeah, nice. yeah, and um, that was really interesting to me because it is a very kind of uh, subdued, um, smooth, and thinking about how that kind of compares with doing, you know, like force field type stuff in Providence, and just mm -hmm. kind of like how, you know, 
this music, I presume, also comes from being surrounded by nature and not being in the city and where kind of noise music is really, to me, it's a very urban thing. Um, I do listen to a fair amount of noise music. Went and saw Mersbau a couple of months ago. Um, but it's, it's, it, it, it's, they're, they're different experiences to me, especially creatively when you're doing stuff of like kind of what you're getting out of that. And there's like, I got this like warm feeling from listening to the Smilax stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm curious to what you, what you actually listen to, but um, <laughs> yeah, because I feel like it's, it, it, it's kind of, you know, it's, I, I do, rec- I do record stuff all the time. Um, you know, the sound, sound is always interesting to me. Yeah. And we, you know, um, yeah, I've all, I mean, you know, since making films, I've been interested in sound, but, but ever, you know, ever since then, I've, I'm always interested in sound and um, enjoy making sound. So, um, hmm. Is that as far that... as, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, ask another question there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. Is is that something you do yourself, or do you do it with other folks? Oh yeah. So it's it's been something I've been doing myself um, over the last few years. Anyway, before that, um, I recorded a lot of stuff with other people. Um, my partner and I used to record a lot of stuff and we used to play with other people too. I mean, this was more in Providence, but even in Vermont, we were still, still playing together. Um, but in the last few years, it's been more me because she's, she's focused on, uh, school. She's studying herbalism. She's finishing up. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, kind of a study and herbal medicine and she's just very focused on that. Um, I, I really hope we get to get back to making sounds and music together. Yeah. Um, but right now it's just me. So it's neat when you can kind of connect on something like music to me is like artistically, it's such a different connection Maybe it's because I can't do anything visual. Not that I can do anything musically, but I do like my girlfriend and I will sit down and we'll play with our synthesizers and, you know, make some noise um, or whatnot. Yep. Uh, but there, there's something I find about that experience that's very, like, um, very passive and, like, you don't necessarily need to capture everything. You can just kind of do it and just be present. Yeah. Sure, sure. I mean, that's pretty much this, you know, it's half half a soundtrack to my, you know, life in a way. You know, it's just kind of like, it's always happening. So, yeah, yeah, it's kind of here, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like right next to my drawing desk is some stuff that I can, <laughs> <laughs> I can reach over and change things a little bit. And yeah, it's, it's, it's it's a good I don't know. What kind of uh stuff do you play with musically? Um well pretty much <laughs> I like to play with all kinds of stuff. Um yeah, I got into building some synth stuff um some years back and um variations of circuits. Um and yeah, some homemade stuff and some, Neat. you know, a couple of keyboards kicking around. But you know, I I like playing, you know, I like kind of playing rocky rock music kind of stuff too. So, <laughs> um, so we have a guitar. My 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 partner plays drums. So when we play, we we tend to go more the rock route. And when it's just me, I'm, you know, I tend to use synthesizers, I guess. Okay. Is there is there something really exciting about like making sound from some from something you put together yourself? Like this is all of this is me. 
Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's almost like too exciting. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no, I mean, as soon as you can, you know, if you, you know, once you start putting a couple circuits together and you realize, oh, wow, you know, like, you know, these, uh, these these transist these transistors and coupled resistors and capacitor or whatever and a, a nine volt battery that's white noise right there and <laughs> and it's just this like little dangly wire structure that you know um, yeah that makes white noise hey that's pretty cool and, and it's it's like you know anybody else in the world would be like who cares but it's very exciting. <laughs> I have a, a friend that made an effects processor that was basically like, it was just like there's an in and an out and one knob, and uh, you just like turn the knob to make it like, however more atrocious you want the uh, the effect to be on the sound. It was pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so remind folks, I've been talking to Leif Goldberg, and his new book is Lost in the Fun Zone from 2D Cloud Press. Um, as well as you have a new mini, Fluoride Panther. And when is the uh, is the 2019 calendar up yet? I am finishing that up, not as we speak, but um, today. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm trimming it out. It's all printed, you know. So just just assembling them, and yeah, this is in my 15th year on this. So it's kind of exciting, but I don't know what that means. Does that mean I stop? We'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited to uh, to get them together for sure. How many colors? Uh, it's it's four colors. It's it's basically the same thing I've always done. Um, I mean, you know, with with variation, but um, yeah, it's it's four colors. Yeah, and, and you and, just do like giant sheets and then just chop them up or yeah yeah yep and that's you know it's funny because the printing it's like oh you know you get through that and but then all the cutting and trimming and you know making books it's work that's where the work starts (laughs) (laughs) well it's also and they're you know thick you use thick paper so the yeah i use thick itself yeah, I use thick paper, which is actually a lot easier to print with. Um, it's just easier to handle, and with all the colors on the front and the back, it's it holds up nice. I it'd probably be nice to have a slightly lighter sheet, but um, I go with this mostly for the handling of it, and I guess because it mostly works. Made it a made it a little bigger this year. I kind of was able to 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 wrangle a slightly bigger sheet so that should be nice nice um well i look forward to seeing them wherever i can uh it is always exciting to come across a new one just kind of see how you do it and kind of how you represent the months and they're they're really fascinating i think they're they're kind of joys to behold thank you yeah sometimes sometimes the uh you know the the thoughts line up with what actually happens, and that's that's what's pretty special. Or it has happened in the past, I should say, <laughs> where I've drawn something for a month and it, you know, turns out to make perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, which is I, a small miracle. Yeah. Well, I can't even understand. <laughs> like, I find it so fascinating when you do such detailed work and then you're doing the colors and so you kind of think about how these different colors and the registration and how this like final product comes from that it's a mess man it's a mess and yeah i have you know every year i have so many regrets when i'm done i'm like why couldn't i have just because i don't use a computer for this it's it's almost silly you know um so much of it is in my head and i and i I do, I do lose track of stuff because I'm working on it fairly, fairly fast, so to speak. Um, so, you know, some things line up great and then some things 
are a mess. And it's just like that every year. But I feel like it balances itself out. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Well, thank you so much, Lee, for taking the time to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. Um, Oh, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. Good to talk to you. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah. No, thank you so much. I really appreciate it.